Hello, Duck fans! Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the show. It is after Cinco de Mayo. I hope that you all made it. I know there were a lot of margaritas to be imbibed yesterday, but uh, fun notwithstanding, I do want to take a second to thank the frontline workers out there, especially those of you who are in the hospitals and the healthcare facilities, keeping people alive, keeping people healthy. Thank you very much. Also, to those of you who are keeping the economy up and running by keeping the grocery shelves restocked and manning the counters and making sure that all of us who aren't leaving the house able to keep going. Thank you very much. I also appreciate you listeners tuning in. Really appreciate you. We got a great show for you. We're going to go ahead and kick it off with Daniel and David from Locked On Chargers talking about Justin Herbert, who is drafted number six overall. And then uh, down the stretch, we're going to continue with more Daniel and David. It's a great interview. Lots of Justin Herbert. Now, keep in mind that this is an interview that they gave to me on their show. So I do recommend you hop over to Locked on Chargers and listen to the whole thing. There's a lot of good content there, but I was able to capture those bits that Ducks fans uh, are going to want to hear. So go ahead, and if you want to follow the career of Justin Herbert, tune into Locked on Chargers. Really appreciate that. Again, we're a family here at Locked on, and we're able to bring you this national content. Tomorrow and Friday, I'm going to be joined by James Voss of jamesvoss.net, and we're going to be reviewing the 2020 football team by position groups, focusing in on the wide receivers and tight ends. Remember, last week on Thursday and Friday, we did the quarterbacks and running backs. So let me go ahead and reach down and switch it on. You have too much to give to stay silent. That's what he said. That's what he believed. That's what he lived. The American in front, almost a cult of the United States. He's a sort of athletic beetle. Now wait a minute. It's official. Oregon is going to be in the BCS championship game. Welcome back to Locked on Ducks, your daily source for info, updates, and analysis on your Oregon Ducks football and basketball. I promise basketball will be coming next week. Right now, post-draft, we got a lot of football going on. Really appreciate you basketball fans tuning in and tolerating the football. Thank you very much. We'll be talking about basketball next week. But in the meantime... I'm your host, Jordan Long. You can always find me on Twitter at the Dustoff Guy. And go ahead and send in questions and comments to uh, Twitter with the hashtags AskLodPod. That's hashtags AskLodPod. Do click subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform you listen to. I know subscribe is Apple Podcasts and follow is on Spotify. So go ahead and click that. Make sure you get uh, the latest. As soon as I drop an episode, if you're subscribed, it'll appear when you wake up in the morning. That's what my promise to you, as long as you fulfill your promise of clicking subscribe or follow. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, please Give me five out of five stars review. If you don't think I deserve five out of five stars, go ahead and leave five anyway. And uh, and leave a note in the review, the show review section, and I'll tell you, you know, uh, I'll fix it for you. So five out of five stars. Love it. Thank you very much. And remember, keep them coming. When I get to 25 five out of five stars review, we did start only three months ago, and we're at a rocket pace, and I love that. But when I get to 25 stars... 
25 5 out of 5 stars review. I'm going to go ahead and sing the Oregon Ducks fight song on the show. Really looking forward to that. Make it happen. I do want to let you know that this show in the month of May is brought to you by Built Bar. Check them out on BuiltBar.com and get $10 off your first box with the promo code Locked On. Now, on to the action. We're going to jump right to it and listen to Locked On Chargers. This is David and Daniel. And you can find them on Twitter, especially David, on Twitter, ddrow. That's ddro619. And you can find Daniel at Dan Talks a Sports. So please enjoy the interview and remember that they are interviewing me for the Locked On Chargers show. And enjoy. Jordan Long, who is the host of the Locked On Ducks podcast to talk everything Justin Herbert. Hopefully he can kind of ease your guys' minds a little bit. We talk about, you know, some of his biggest strengths and weaknesses, some of the things the media have totally wrong when talking about him. A bunch of good stuff there. So, David, let's go ahead and get into it. New Chargers offensive coordinator Shane Steichen had some public comments for the first time since the 2020 NFL draft on Wednesday, and we finally got to get his thoughts on Justin Herbert and all of the Chargers' new draft picks and what this offense is going to look like next season. So, Obviously, the first thing on everybody's mind was how does he feel about this new quarterback, Justin Herbert, and he had some good things to say about it, and he backed up what general manager Tom Tulesco and head coach Anthony Lynn had to say by saying that this is going to be a competition. Right now, Tyrod Taylor is their guy, and Justin Herbert, for now, is just going to learn. So this isn't really a surprise, David. I think when you have a rookie quarterback, you want him to sit behind the veteran and learn for at least a season to kind of get him acclimated to the NFL level. So, But at the same time, Shane Steichen is not totally closing the door that Justin Herbert could be the starter. There could be a competition, but I do think that they'll probably do whatever it takes to try to keep him on the bench, at least for his first season. Yeah, but it's good to know for Justin Herbert that he's going to go into a situation to where there's going to be a competition and, and a chance for him to potentially be the starter. But I think sitting behind Tyrod Taylor, a quarterback that is somewhat in the similar mold of Justin Herbert, is definitely going to help him out. And you know, Shane Steichen also said that he's very excited to work with Herbert. Some of the things that he can do with his size is very, very rare. He also said that he's going to build an offense around what his quarterback's do well his exact quote was you want to build some things around what your quarterbacks do well the coaching staff is far along in building a new offense he says there's more room to implement additional things depending on when they can get the team on the field so it is definitely great to hear that he's going to build an offense to accentuate what his quarterbacks are going to do well that is definitely going to help them win yeah, you can't run the same offense that you did when Phillip Rivers was the quarterback. And you also got to see him talk about some of the new weapons that Justin Herbert will have. New wide receiver Joe Reed, the fifth round pick, and KJ Hill, the seventh round pick. He said that Reed was a dynamic player and that Hill is a guy who they feel could be a slot option for the team in the future. And also, he talked about their new running back, Joshua Kelly, which is a put-your-foot-in-the-ground type of running back and get up the field. So I think he's talking about how you're going to see some of these players they just drafted implemented into that new offense to make things easier for Tyrod Taylor and for Justin Herbert. But this is just Shane Steichen. He has to do 
what he has to do. And I think part of being the offensive coordinator is trying to run your offense around the weak spot. So now that you have a mobile quarterback, maybe it's rolling out to the right. Maybe it's having a lot of motion in the offense to try to offset really good pass rushers, especially coming off that left side against Trey Pipkins or whoever the starter ends up being. So now that's on Shane Steichen's plate. He has to find a way to not only ease the rookie in Justin Herbert in, but also make things comfortable for Tyrod Taylor with the options that he has. All right, guys. Well, this is the moment that you've been waiting for. I promised you that we'd bring on an expert on the Oregon Ducks, and there's nobody better to have on than someone from our own network, someone I could vet properly and have on the show today. So today we have Jordan Long, who runs the Locked On Ducks podcast. You definitely want to listen to that if you're an Oregon fan. I'm an Oregon fan as well, so you're definitely going to want to follow him there or the Dust Off guy on Twitter. It's a long story, but. Jordan, hey man, first of all, let me just say thanks for coming on. You know, it's my pleasure. Just feel real fortunate to be able to be able to do this during the sports apocalypse, during the COVID stuff, and really fortunate to be able to bring some good content to some people who are uh, probably uh, stuck at home right now. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we've been trying to do. I mean, everyday content is tough, especially when there's no sports. Luckily, you know, we're talking about football today and that hasn't been impacted as much. And we've had, you know, some decent news coming out from them with the draft and everything else. So before we get into Justin Herbert and kind of projecting him in the NFL as a Eugene native and a University of Oregon analyst, what do you think his legacy is at Oregon now that things are all said and done? Well, I know there are some of my listeners out there who are going to want to talk about Joy Harrington and some of these other folks, but I I really think that the Oregon quarterback legacy uh, began in the Chip Kelly era with Marcus Mariota. There's some really large fills to, uh, shoes to fill, you know what I'm saying? And uh, and to come in as a, as a local boy who grew up in Eugene, mm-hmm. season ticket holder, whole nine yards, and then uh, get picked up by the team and actually carry him to a Rose Bowl and uh, and carry the team as far as he did really speaks a lot to not only uh, that Oregon might be looked at as something of a, a, a QB factory, right? We'll, we'll get yeah. to that. But, uh, but uh, uh, really speaks uh, volumes about what Justin Herbert has done for Oregon and the addition of Mario Cristobal. You know, I've, I've said it on my show a few times. It, it must be remembered that uh, the the, the drafts uh, the draftees who who went in this year were coached by three different people under three different schemes and for the ducks to evolve grow and come out ahead the way they did this last season is amazing and what Mario Cristobal is doing uh, with the offense and transforming it is is really you know speaks volumes for Justin Herbert and this is something that I think we're going to begin to look at reading the name University of Oregon, reading Oregon on those draft boards in the coming future. And I think maybe even more so, now I'm not going to sit here and say he's better than Marcus Mariota, but uh, maybe even more so than Marcus Mariota, uh, Justin Herbert is ushering in an era of uh, Oregon as one of those top tier programs that's going to be in the playoff conversation. We're going to have more of Daniel and David in just a moment, but we got to uh, step away for a second, and when we come right back, it's going to be more of Locked On Chargers with all the good stuff you want to know about Justin Herbert and how he's going to succeed in the National Football League. The only reason that I think Justin Herbert was able to transcend his uh, growing up in Eugene season ticket holding fandom was because he probably ate built Bars. And, you know, these things taste like candy, but they're loaded with protein, actually healthy, and low in calories. You know, I'm doing my part for COVID-19, 
by not going to the gym. I think that's really important. Nobody wants uh, a guy like me in there spreading uh, the possibility of infection. But anyway, I keep a box in the studio and eat one during my show prep because I have the tendency to forget to eat while I'm studying for this thing and getting ready, researching and whatnot and putting together a show. So after I uh, post the show, I tend to overdo a little bit. But now that I keep a box in the studio, I go ahead and have one while I'm doing show prep and it keeps me satisfied and satiated. In fact, today I had the banana nut bread. It tastes like my grandmother's banana bread, but dipped in chocolate. So it's pretty freaking amazing. In fact, every bar is covered in 100% chocolate. It, this particular one had 150 calories, 18 grams of proteins, and 5 grams of sugar. Check them out on Twitter at bar underscore built and go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll receive $10 off your first order. Use the promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Welcome back to Locked on Ducks. I'm your host, Jordan Long, and we're talking with David and Daniel and continuing that interview with Locked on Chargers to see what good old Justin Herbert is going to do in the NFL. So stay tuned. We got a lot of good information. And remember to follow Locked on Chargers in order to find out Justin Herbert's legacy. Remember, we're part of a family of shows in the Locked On Network that gets you the big picture, the micro picture, the whole nine yards, everything you could want. Uh, five days a week, even during the sports apocalypse. We're here for you. So more Daniel and David from Locked On Chargers and more Justin Herbert. I mean, that's all you want at the end of the day, right? So, uh, you know, with Justin Herbert having some really good moments in an Oregon uniform, what was the first time you thought to yourself while you're watching, this guy could be a future first-round pick? So this is uh, this is sort of was an emotional ride at first, right? Because we get... Uh, Marcus Mariota, then we get uh, a graduate transfer with Vernon Adams, then we get graduate transfer with Dakota Prickup. And when they declared that Justin Herbert was going to start, I thought, okay, so you got this local boy, you know, broke his leg uh, four games into his junior year and really didn't play his best football yet, really, until his senior year in high school. So so I'm, I'm holding my breath. And then, of course, he throws an interception on his first throw of his first start against what was then number five, a pretty good uh, number five Washington team. So, you know, fast forward to the 2019 draft, and we're talking about someone who was in the conversation for being drafted number one overall. And I have to say that initially there was some trepidation. Initially I was a little nervous. But as I watched these games and as I watched uh, someone as smart, as brilliant as Justin Herbert is, evolve, grow, learn, and, and learn from these three different systems and finally coming into his own under, uh, under Mario Cristobal, uh, I really saw, started to see something special in that 2018 season. Yeah, I think that's about the time when he kind of really entered that national spotlight and kind of put himself on the map to be up there with some of the guys, you know, even in Heisman conversations and things like that. But things could have obviously turned out very differently after that 2018 season because many people thought that he would have been a really high pick. Like you said, in that draft, he ends up deciding to go back and so what I want to know is just what was your reaction to him coming back, obviously, knowing he probably would have been a first-round pick, and do you think that he made the right decision? 
Well, let me let me just make a, a long story less long right out of the gate and say yes, he made the right right decision. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the official reasons that he gave, you know, he wants to play with his little brother who's a, a tight end on the team, and he, uh, you know, you have to imagine that there's conversations with the coaches that say, hey, man, we need you to, we could really use you to stick around for another year while, while we develop someone of your sure. your caliber. But uh, but I was I was thinking about how he's may have been shopping around for a really good situation. And in last year's draft, he may have seen the opportunity to come back to Oregon and as he may call it, you know, unfinished business, right? I mean, starting when the team went four and seven and, and Mark Elfridge gets fired and uh, some uh, pretty dark times considering where we were in, uh, in 2012, 2013. And, uh, and really, uh, bringing this team to the point where they were on on the on the outside looking in, and I I'm pretty sure he was wanted to, and we talked about legacy a, a little earlier. He wanted to cement that legacy with a playoff run and maybe even a championship game, and you know, Pac-12 champions and winning the Rose Bowl certainly made it worth sticking around for another year. Um, it really, I, I think about. The, the only thing is, you know, oh, if he's projected to go number one overall, a top five draft pick, he's looking at a, a, a bigger paycheck. But does he want to stick into a system that has grown with an offensive line that was one of the most experienced or the most experienced offensive lines in the nation last season and have a chance to develop his skills so that when he makes it to the pro level, he can actually be uh, uh, either a first day contributor or really, really make an impact rather than be someone who's perhaps too green to, to really um, um, do something as a, as a number one overall pick. I think like anyone who covers any team, they want their players to come in and find some success. So how did you feel about Justin Herbert when he got selected to the Chargers six overall? Now I, I'm not saying this because you you you've invited me on, but uh, I've been <laughs> I've been eyeballing the Chargers as an ideal landing place, and really I think that um, I mean Miami's done some really good things, but when they decided to take Tua Tungavailoa, I honestly breathed a sigh of relief because he I think the Chargers are an amazing landing spot, uh, especially since you have a, a veteran like. Tyrod Taylor. I'm really interested, uh, you know, in, in hearing if, if there's an opportunity for tutelage there. Obviously, that is the best case scenario. Give the Chargers another year to develop their uh, offensive line and give them the kind of protection. You know, my listeners know that one of the soapboxes I always get on are, are these uh, professional teams that'll that'll draft a top tier quarterback and then not 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 spend any capital or a time effort and energy protecting him. And he's running for his life. He's injured early, and it's a it's a it's a it's a brilliant career uh, snuffed out. And I, I think that the Chargers, given the the weapons that you have and so forth, are really a, a an excellent landing spot for him. I, I was I was breathing a sigh of relief when when Los Angeles made the choice. Yeah, and I think a lot of people were too. And it's it's hard to think back and you know wonder what other quarterbacks' careers could have been like had they gone to better teams. And that's the thing about picking at the top of the draft is it usually means you're not coming from a very good team or usually going to a very bad team. That doesn't seem to be the case, at least with the roster that the Chargers currently have assembled. But we are going to bring Jordan Long back for one more segment because we have a bunch 
more questions about, you know, maybe his biggest weaknesses. One of the things that I we, we talked about a little bit at the end of the last segment, Jordan, was just the fact that the Chargers have weapons. So one of the things I was wondering is just if there's one thing in particular about the Chargers, whether it be, you know, Keenan Allen getting open so quickly or having Mike Williams as a deep threat and Austin Eckler check down, what one specific thing about the Chargers was the reason that you wanted Justin Herbert to land there? Well, you know that uh, that I did hint at it going into the break, and really uh, the the big message here is weapons, weapons, weapons. You give this guy some uh, people he can throw to, uh, he's going to make those plays and make it happen. I, I'm really pleased to see that he's surrounded by that kind of talent. And then you take a, a, a running back like Austin Eckler, and you afford him the opportunity to you know, use his legs, move around the pocket, maybe some rollouts, and it just it just really makes a much more dynamic offense. Now, I don't I don't know how I I'm a big Phillip Rivers fan, right? But I think we're talking about uh, someone who brings a different level, a different style to the offense. And Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and so being able to uh, see that realized, it, it's almost like the Chargers have been building up to this point where they could get a quarterback who's going to make things happen for them. Another thing that, and I know you asked for the main thing, but I really think it's important for Justin Herbert to be able to land in a situation where he has a veteran. And I look at someone like Tyrod Taylor, and I think he's seen all kinds of defenses and played on all kinds of offenses, right? Sure. And this is someone that Justin Herbert can learn from. We're talking about the you know, the academic Heisman winner this last year. We're talking about someone who has a, a greater than four-point GPA. We're talking about an exceptionally smart, and, I, and if you listen to my Wonderlick show, you know I got a lot of heat on talking about Wonderlick scores, but <laughs> the, guy's, the guy's brilliant. And he's the kind of person who, we're probably going to get to this, but, but he's a, a quiet professional, someone who learns, someone who pays attention and knows when to listen. And I think that's going to serve him so well in this, this coming season. Well, yeah, and also you you mentioned about the offense. I mean, the Chargers and Coach Anthony Lynn have been looking for a quarterback that's going to be able to run the type of offense they want, a guy that's going to be able to escape out of the pocket and be able to roll out, to be able to add some athleticism to the position. So they got Tyrod Taylor and now Justin Herbert that are going to be able to do that. So having watched so much of Herbert, it's a bit weird to hear a lot of the people have so many opinions about whether – you know about questioning his leadership or something else. What criticism do you think that you've heard that is way off base? Well, uh, again, and and you know, I, I said it before. My fans, uh, fans, <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> my listeners have heard me say it a million times. But uh, this is the Bill Walton School of Podcasting. I got to give you one or two things here, and uh, I just get so tired of this narrative. Being quiet does not equal poor leadership. I remember watching, I went back, I was doing a, a, a show with Locked On Raiders and, and, you know, our boy Q over there and talking about yeah. Marcus Mariota. And I went back and I reviewed John Gruden's QB camp where he had Marcus Mariota. And he's he's tapping on the table and going, does that bug you? Does that bug you? And Marcus Mariota saying, no, it's fine. And the thing that really got to Gruden was he was quiet and nothing got to him. And I'm telling you, this quiet demeanor is someone who's cool, calm and collected if i can tell just i'm going to try real hard to tell a quick story here when i was uh heading over to afghanistan we we had pilots who had been to iraq we had pilots who had been to vietnam and i went around and i said all right i need one piece of advice and the guys that had been to iraq said fly low and fly fast you know i said okay that's that's good but the guys in vietnam said shut up open your eyes and open your ears 
And what they're telling me is that if you pay attention, if you're the kind of person who knows when to speak up and knows when to be quiet and pay attention and learn, that's really an incredible strength. And I think that this quiet doesn't equal good leadership or somehow doesn't equate to a, a good QB prospect. I mean, look, Justin Herbert showed up for the combine, right? I mean, there's right. a difference between arrogance and confidence. And, and Justin Herbert is quiet but confident. Now, real quick, the other thing is that this idea that he's not mobile. Now, I don't know. I don't want to pretend like he's a, a, a dual threat quarterback. He's self-described as pro style and not dual threat, but he has the legs to escape the pocket and make plays when necessary. And we really saw that in the Rose Bowl, right, with three rushing touchdowns. So don't let his don't let this narrative that he doesn't have the legs or athleticism fool you, because if uh, if he sees the space, he's going to make it happen. Yeah, I think that's one of the most enticing things about him. I mean, just having a guy that can actually do that after watching Philip Rivers for so many years. I mean, to have a guy that's going to, you know, maybe scramble for a first down, I'm not going to go and advocate a full on, you know, designed QB run offense, but a guy that can at least do that and, you know, make things happen with his legs, I think we're all happy to have. But obviously, there's a reason that Justin Herbert wasn't the number one overall pick, and partially that's because we just saw one of the most ridiculous seasons that we've ever seen by a college quarterback, but there are definitely some flaws to his game. So out of all of the criticisms that he has, what do you think is the fairest one? Well, I think that, uh, and this is something I, I've, I've talked about a little bit on my show, and I'm, I make the pro comparison of Carson Wentz, and then you make the, the comparison of Carson Wentz to Big Ben. So let's let's take that direction for a moment and say that uh, that his issue is staring down his first and second reads. He's like a first read passer, you know? Sure. And what he tends to do is he has the escapability but he uses that ability to try and give his first guy or his second guy more time instead of just throwing it away, checking down or, you know, going through the entire projection. Now, I, I said that he stares him down. Don't let don't let that fool you. You watch this guy on tape. He he leads with misdirection. He knows how to use his eyes to throw the defenders off. And I really appreciate that. So he's not he's not staring him down, but he's definitely trying to. Uh, okay, I'm going to say it. He's trying to force those throws. And if there's one thing that he can learn uh, uh, from a veteran and and in the, and uh, take it to the next level is really a chance to... He's, he's smart enough to get this game to slow down to the point where he can progress through his reads. His mechanics are are sound. His deep ball accuracy is spot on. You know, a, a standing throw for, for 62 yards on Oregon's pro day. Like, mm-hmm. like this, guy is, this guy's got all the tools... He's got the talent, and he certainly has the, the 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 smarts to learn how to make the game slow down and get through that whole progression. So, so that first first read passer is probably my my biggest criticism right now with him. Yeah, I think that's something we saw on tape, and we definitely agree with that. But I think at the next level, if he gets coached up and uh, he sits under Tyrod Taylor, I think one of the quarterbacks that has one of the lowest interception percentages in NFL history can definitely help with that. So, all right, Jordan, finally, this is one of the most divisive picks in the draft within the Chargers fan base. There have been many people that have already written Justin Herbert off. What would you say to those Charger fans to try to sell them on Justin Herbert? <laughs> I love it. It sounds like he's coming into a fan base that's going to be uh, going to be as as good to him as Oregon was, you know, tough, but fair. And and I like that. And it's appropriate to, to really key in on 
what may be the issues here. But, you know, we're talking about a really high ceiling. You get a guy like Joe Burrow. You saw him play lights out, setting all these records at one of the best schools in the country, if not the best school in the country, uh, for one year. You get a guy like Tua Tungavailoa, who's doing incredible things over the course of a couple of years, but have some injury issues. We're talking about a guy who uh, in in high school wasn't sure if he was going to play baseball or football. And then, you know, four weeks into his junior year, he breaks his leg, comes back, has a has a lights out lights out senior season in high school and then goes on to uh, get like three or four offers from low grade schools and then Oregon, you know, so Justin Herbert's uncle worked at uh, Washington and got him a, got him a tour on campus. And when Oregon heard that, you know, their rivals, right? Watch the Huskies. were going to get this local boy. They went ahead and gave him a workout and boy, are they glad they did. So what we're talking about is someone who really has developed into a top 10 NFL draft talent in a period of a few years and facing the kind of adversity that I already mentioned. So when you, when you enter the NFL with that kind of uh, background and that kind of experience, that can only mean amazing things for your ceiling, right? You have a higher ceiling than these guys who are uh, the top quarterback in, in the, in the college uh, uh, in 2019. So, so I definitely place them. If, if your floor is Ryan Tannehill and your ceiling is, Carson Wentz slash Big Ben, then uh, I think you have a lot to look forward to. That's what we're talking about with Justin Herbert. And I'm telling you, his smarts, his toughness, his tenacity, his eagerness and willingness to learn and, and, his, and his quiet professionalism and his ability to lead are going to make him. I mean, I think I heard this stat, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but don't the Chargers have the fewest starting quarterbacks for like the last 15 years or something? Yeah, it's and, three. Yeah, yeah, right. Doug and I Flutie, think Drew Brees, and Philip Rivers. That's exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> so what we're talking about here is, I'm, I assure you, we're going to continue that legacy. We're talking about your guy for the next iteration, and I and I tell you, we're going to be talking about it for the next few years because the the Ducks faithful are going to be tuned in to Locked On Chargers, going to be watching Chargers games to see what our, our our boy Justin Herbert can do. And I'm telling you, we're going to be talking about this in years to come because you found another long-term starter. And I think he's the guy who's going to make the difference with these uh, closer-than-one-possession games, right? Okay, so right. I'm talking yep. to the fans right now. We got them closer-than-one-possession games. And yeah. I talked about that. This is a playmaking <laughs> ability to actually make it happen down the stretch and win you those games that are the difference between good and great. And I think that's all Chargers fans want is to know that they could be getting someone potentially that can go win them a game. And I think Justin Herbert definitely has that potential. I mean, especially with what we heard just about his mental and you know him being willing to listen and learn. And I think the last thing that's going to come around with all of that and nothing that's going to make him truly scary is when his confidence catches up to all of that. And at that point... I think, you know, you're basically going to see, you know, one of the better quarterbacks if he can put it all together. So I know I feel a lot better about it right now. Hopefully Charger fans, the one thing we've tried to stress the most is, hey, let this kid have a damn chance, right? And I think when you're hearing these things from Jordan right now, it makes you a lot more likely to, you know, want to give him that chance and extend him that courtesy and let the kid, you know, either go out there and ball out or fail on his own terms. But Definitely a big thank you over here to Jordan Long from Locked On Ducks, a.k.a. the Dust Off Guy on Twitter. Thanks for the insight, man. I thought you killed it. It's my pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Be sure, like you said, check me out on Twitter at the Dust Off Guy. And I'm telling you, 
there are Duck fans who are going to be tuning in to find out all about Justin Herbert. We love this guy. He is, and and I'm going to take some heat for this. He's the second best quarterback in Oregon history, and he's the next best thing to happen to uh, Los Angeles Chargers for sure. Well, you heard it there, guys. All of this analysis was just a tip of the was just the tip of the iceberg with Jordan Long. He has a couple of podcasts already out, basically discussing this exact fit for Herbert to the Chargers. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. All right, what a good interview! Really happy to find out that Justin Herbert is going to be afforded the opportunity to uh, develop and succeed in the NFL. In fact, dare I say it, he's going to have a better career than Marcus Mariota. Yes, you heard it here, folks. Go ahead and hit me up on hashtags AskLodPod and argue with me because uh, uh, listener participation is what makes this show special. Tomorrow, we're going to continue the NFL draft and the UDFA recap with uh, the national show partners. I, I hope to get uh, Shane Lemieux on Locked on Giants with Patricia Traina. And then on Thursday and Friday, I'm joined by James Voss of jamesvoss.net. Check him out. We're going to do a breakdown of the wide receivers and tight ends position groups for the 2020 roster. And uh, just uh, keep in mind, uh, go over there and check out jamesvoss.net. Read his blog. Be prepared. It's Think of it like homework. Uh, maybe we should do a homework segment, right? I, I mean, this is coronavirus lockdown, but uh, like the Bill Walton School of Podcasting, I, I tend to wear on a bit. Anyway, I'm Jordan Long, your host. Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at the Dust Off Guy, and you can always find the show on Twitter at Locked On Ducks. This is Locked On Ducks, your daily source of info, updates, and analysis on Oregon Ducks basketball and football. What'd you think of Herbert as a fit for the Chargers? Will he start or play behind Tyrod Taylor? What's the uh, what's the over under on the number of years Justin Herbert starts in the NFL? Or uh, my favorite question: Will we be calling him a top five quarterback in three years? Go ahead and answer those. Also get those questions and comments for special guest James Voss, uh, wide receivers and tight ends group, and then uh, Thursday and Friday by reaching out on Twitter with the hashtags AskLodPod. That's hashtags AskLodPod. You can also uh, uh, reach out to the show on a Facebook page of Locked On Ducks. Just leave comments and questions there. And you can always email me, LockedOnDucks at gmail.com. Click subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform you listen to, to and be sure to get the, the newest content. You see, when you subscribe, as soon as I drop an episode, it's going to be there waiting for you in, when you wake up. I promise you that. Leave five out of five stars reviews if you're uh, an Apple podcast listener. Five out of five stars review. If you don't think I deserve five stars, go ahead and leave five anyway. If, uh, if, if there's something you didn't think I should have gotten five stars for, even though you left five anyway, go ahead and say it in the, uh, the show review and we'll fix it for you. Uh, I do love these show reviews. I always read them on air. We do have our listener spotlight that we're going to do every day. Now, that's it for Locked on Ducks. Please tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of your favorite team. And this is what Locked On does, uh, besides Oregon, obviously, your favorite team. But you can say, hey, she who shall not be named, play podcast Locked On Blazers or whatever your other favorite teams are, and you'll get a good listen. Have a great day. Stay healthy. Stay safe. And please remember to have fun in these crazy times. Listen to sports. We're enjoying it every day. Thank you. Love y'all. And go Ducks. (laughs) 